Hello, I'm Danini Rasmus. Welcome to a special edition of the Weekly Wrap podcast brought to you by Farmers Weekly. Regular listeners of this podcast will know that we usually focus on the top news and feature articles from our latest print magazine. However, due to the 21-day national lockdown that has been implemented by government in South Africa as a measure to slow down the spread of COVID-19 in the country, Farmers Weekly, like most other magazines, have had to temporarily halt the printing and distribution of our publication during April. For this reason, the next issue of Farmers Weekly that will be printed is the 1 May issue, and that will be available on shelf during the last week in April, if nothing changes in the meantime and if the lockdown is not extended. For now, though, during the duration of the lockdown, the format of this podcast will change, and instead of discussing stories from the magazine, Farmers Weekly journalist Sabrina Dean, who is based in Bloemfontein in the Free State, will be conducting interviews with prominent leaders in the agriculture and agribusiness sector just to get a sense of how the coronavirus pandemic and the related restrictions around COVID-19 are affecting the various farming industries here in South Africa and also the international supply chains in which we participate. I will also do a quick update on news articles featured on the website During this time, we are increasing the amount of news articles published on farmersweekly.co.za just to ensure that our readers can stay up to date with everything happening in the local and global farming sectors. But first, let's hear from Sabrina, who for this episode spoke to Justin Chadwick. Hello, Deneen, and hello to all our listeners. Yes, we're starting off with Justin Chadwick, who is the CEO of the Citrus Growers Association. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Now, the citrus industry is a very, very, very important industry in South Africa's agriculture sector, contributing billions in revenue on an annual basis, many, many thousands of direct jobs, and if you extrapolate indirectly, a lot more as well. Could you maybe paint for us a basic picture of what does industry look like in terms of jobs, volumes produced, uh, development, uh, domestic and export trade, and so forth. Just to paint the background for our listeners. Yeah, sure. The citrus industry has seen uh, unprecedented growth over the last 10 or 15 years. Last year, we exported 136 million um, 15-kilogram cartons. In March this year, the Citrus Marketing Forum's estimate for 2020 was set at 143.3 million cartons, so you can see some additional growth there. Um, We do believe that might be under pressure from the the issue in terms of COVID-19, and that might bring that total down a little bit. The earnings of the industry are about 20 billion per annum, of which about 19 billion is earned on the export market and the other 1 billion from local domestic sales and processing. So you can see very much a export-driven industry. And then in terms of job numbers, we estimate about 120,000 direct jobs on farms and in pack houses. We haven't got figures downstream, but obviously there are a number of rural communities that depend upon citrus, small little villages like Kirkwood, Citrus Dull, and Potencia, etc., that basically are existing in the middle of citrus-growing areas. And as a result, they depend upon their livelihoods on, on the citrus industry. 
And then mm-hmm. obviously one goes into the transport, uh, the warehousing and the port uh, activities as well. And so on, yes. And I believe you did actually speak about, you know, the impacts on informal traders. For example, uh, there, were, there, there were comments about the bucky traders in the citrus industry who hadn't been able to or wouldn't be able to operate as normally. So that spin-off then going even further into our socioeconomic setups in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, one of the impacts of the lockdown was that uh, the bucky trade basically couldn't operate. And that's really important for a lot of people in terms of access to food is through the bucky trade. You know, the bucky trade takes it from the markets or from the farm itself and actually almost brings it to the doorstep of many consumers who can't get around and perhaps don't have supermarkets and spaza shops close to them on their way to home or wherever they can they can pick up fresh produce. So the bucky trade is really important for for a lot of people in terms of of shopping for fruit. And then, I mean, if we just take a brief rundown of what has been happening in industry since lockdown was implemented, um, we're about a week into lockdown. As you mentioned, there's one of the impacts is something like the bucky trade. Other impacts are obviously domestic, global in terms of trade and those kinds of things. But also, obviously, at farm level, I'm sure in terms of getting people to work and so on, can you can you give us just a, a rundown of what you've been seeing? in this first week of lockdown? Yeah, so we're very much at the beginning of our season. Citrus is a winter crop, so we sort of hit the peak of our season in June, July. So April is very early in our season, and and some growers have actually decided to hold off harvesting and packing until after Easter, given the disruption with the lockdown. And then obviously over Easter, people are, are on holiday on those public holidays. So some have decided to delay it. Um, however, in others, want to take advantage of a very lucrative market at the moment. We all know that citrus is a, a good remedy for colds and flus, and many people have been indicating that a diet rich in citrus is assisting uh, with the immune levels, etc. So we've definitely seen some markets have been quite strong, and as a result, some people have been uh, trying to get some exports in early. So already in terms of lemons, we double the the volumes that we were at this time last year. So far, there haven't been any real big disruptions in the supply chain, merely because the volumes are so low at the moment. There is severe congestion in the port, specifically in Durban port. The response of Transnet to go down to 30% workforce definitely impacted on the movement of containers in the port. The decision not to move non-essential cargo is actually nonsensical because one can't discharge half a vessel and try and sort through which is non-essential and what is essential, and it just leads to huge problems at the port. Fortunately, a lot of those rules have changed, and and Transnet's come to the party and and is increasing that workforce. We believe they're going to be up to 60-70% of their workforce quite soon, and hopefully that backlog of vessels and cargo will go and by the time we get into our the bulk of our season which will be probably starting in about three weeks four weeks time hopefully the, the logistics chain will be freed up and we'll find that we actually can move our fruit through quite easily the other aspect you spoke about in terms of workers uh, yes definitely transport is an issue and movement of people is is being prohibited in some areas uh, but we haven't seen any real problems in that to date. You know, workers have been getting to work. Obviously, there's a huge responsibility on our industry to make sure that workers' health and safety is secure. 
I assume then that would be in terms of the regulations that have been put out by governments in terms of making sure that they have access to hand sanitizers, safe working environments, that kind of thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I've seen videos and photographs and, and had conversations with a number of growers and, and pack house operators in terms of the measures that they've put in place. It is very evident that all employers have realized their responsibility practicing physical distancing, sanitizing, face masks, uh, taking temperatures of people when they arrive at work so to isolate any cases that, that might be coming into the workplace. Because really that's the biggest risk is having a worker going down with the illness and then having to then isolate the entire workforce or bring in sanitary measures into the pack house or, or amongst the picking gang, etc. So definitely a lot of attention being paid to that valuable resource and making sure that the workers are safe and healthy. Let's get back to the exports. I think that's probably where we are going to end off because that's sort of taking a look into what's going to be happening in the, in the coming weeks. As you said, we're still in the very early stages of the season. Peak period, usually around June, a lot of guys deciding to hold off then until sort of after Easter, end of April, before they actually do start getting going. But just to clarify, are you currently, are we at all able to send out any deep sea exports of citrus? So the volumes that have gone out have been exported by ship. So the vessels are still calling. And what we get from the markets, uh, we've been discussing it with people in Europe and in Russia and in the East and Middle East. And the ports are still working there. And they've actually prioritized food imports to move quicker through the ports because they understand the importance of food security during these times. So we are finding that our food can move, and it's really just a case of the workforce at our ports here that needs to be brought up to speed and provide the essential service that they do. Okay, and then obviously, I mean, that is promising for the forthcoming season because, as you mentioned, out of the total roughly 20 billion that's coming in every year, 19 billion of that is export-derived. Yeah, so definitely our whole industry is, is dependent upon those exports. As I said, we, we're unsure of how we'll end up against that 143 million carton estimate, but if the logistics works and we can get the food into the market, there's definitely a big demand out there for citrus. We see reports of the price of citrus in the U.S. doubling in supermarkets, and we see shortages of lemons, for example, in the EU at the moment. So definitely if we can get our food into the market, then uh, we do believe that it will bring back fairly good returns back to South Africa. Any any further comments at this stage in respect to what we've seen over the last week and what you're thinking about over the next coming weeks? Not really. I mean, we, we really uh, will understand the full impacts as the supply chain start to pull up and we start transporting the fruit down. And there might be some other unintended consequences that we haven't thought of at this stage. Unfortunately, we do have access through to government in terms of informing government about any concerns or challenges that we have. Um, we've been supported very strongly by AGBIS, the Agricultural Business Chamber, and we're trying to make sure that communications both to government and back from government through to our industry are strong so that we can all fight this virus together. Thank you so much. That was then Justin Chadwick, who's the CEO of the Citrus Growers Association, speaking to us about what has been the reality since lockdown, as well as painting a bit of a picture of what the expectations are going forward. Justin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
Thank you for that, Sabina, and thank you, Justin, for speaking with us. We wish all the citrus producers in the country a very successful harvest, and we will definitely continue monitoring how the harvest season progresses. So just before we sign off, I just want to quickly go through some of the news articles featured in the uh, dedicated coronavirus section on the Farmers Weekly website. So we've already looked at the tobacco and the wine industries. Both of these industries have been hard hit by the halt in trade of tobacco and alcohol products during the lockdown period. But some good news that was just announced recently is that the wine industry is now allowed to export again. Our industry will still face millions of losses due to the loss in local trade, similar to the tobacco industry. And during this time, we've heard from some drinks companies in South Africa, like wine producer Distel, who has now decided to switch to the production of alcohol to make sanitizer products that can be used by hospitals and people working at the front line of the fight against COVID-19. Thank you for listening. Remember to follow us on social media at Farmers Weekly SA, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and on LinkedIn. Also remember to visit the farmersweekly.co.za website for daily updated news on how the pandemic is affecting local and global agricultural and food supply chains. And look out for our next special edition podcast in which we will speak to Yanni de Villiers, Agri is a policy head for labor and development about regulations around how farms should be operating during the lockdown period. In the meantime, stay safe and happy farming.